picture of his son. He, uh, he bid on it. He knew the son. He loved him. So he bought it. And all it cost him was ten bucks. And the auctioneer rang the gavel out. It's yours. He gives him the picture, hands it to him. And he says to everyone else, thanks for coming. Have a great day. We'll see you later. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Thanks. Have a great day. What about all the other works of art? And the, the auctioneer said, in the will, the owner said, the one who buys my son gets it all. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. Hey, if you really knew my father, if you really knew him, then you would love me. But they don't know the father, do they? They're all fighting for power, clamoring for for their place, politicking. And so here they are, working their work. But Jesus, you know, he sees right through them. He knows what's going on. He says, you, in verse 44, are of your father the devil. They said, what? We were not born of fornication. And Jesus said, you're born of the devil. You're born of the devil. Listen, you are the father of the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Who's the first murderer? Most people want to go and point at Cain, right? Cain killed Abel. The first murderer was Satan. Who did he kill? Adam and Eve. In the garden. And how did he do it? With a lie. So Jesus says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why don't you believe? Well, he told us already in the Gospel of John, do you remember? Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. But he goes on to say, this is the condemnation of the world. That light has come into the world, but the world loved the darkness. It's not about Jesus isn't telling the truth. It's never been about I can't really believe in creation or I can bunk. That's not it. They love the darkness. If I don't receive the truth, I can stay in the dark. If I receive the truth, the light of the world, Jesus Christ shines in my life, then what? That's going to change everything. I don't Forget it. I'm going to stay in the darkness. That's what condemns a man. It's not about whether or not Jesus' words were true. They could understand his words being true. They didn't want the Savior. They didn't want him. They wanted what they already had. And they were rejecting him. They were rejecting everything that he stood for. He who hears of God, hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you're not God's. How many of us have have dear friends or family that call us on a phone and you don't even have to look at the caller ID to know who it is? Now, some of us, it goes by the ringtone, right? Oh, that's the boss. Right? I'm the only one who does that? Anyhow. (laughs) When someone you love, someone you have a relationship with, 
when they speak, you hear their voice, don't you? Man, you hear. You hear their voice. He's saying, I'm speaking the words of God. If you knew God, if you knew Him, you recognize the words. But you don't. Because you don't care about the Word of God nor the people. You care about yourself and what you can amass for self. They were blind. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not rightly say, You're a Samaritan? Now that's the lowest chop you could give anybody. Samaritan was lower than dog. So now they've gone to name-calling with Jesus. Well, you're a Samaritan. Fine. We're the, our father's a devil. You're a Samaritan. And you have a demon. Really? Oh, they think a long time about all these things they say, don't they? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon. You know, the book of Proverbs says, A soft answer turns away wrath. Jesus just says, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. What's Jesus talking about? Spiritual death. What was he talking about throughout this this section? He's talking about spiritual bondage. He's saying, if you keep my word, you will only die once. Born twice, die once, right? Born once, die twice. The second death spoken of in the book of Revelation, the lake of fire, the judgment of hell and death and, and everyone who doesn't believe. This is what Jesus is speaking about, but of course they're going to miss it because they're frustrated. So the Jews say to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Who are you? They're asking that question again. We hear that already. Who are you? Tell us plainly. I've told you, but you don't believe. You're not hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth. That's how I would have responded. Can't you hear what I'm saying? Don't you see what you're doing? Jesus said, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say, He is your God. Wow, that's pretty plain. You say, My Father is your God, and I honor Him. I'm His Son. Well, it doesn't get any plainer. I am the Son of God. I am the promised Mashiach Nagid from Genesis chapter 3, the fulfillment of the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. Already, didn't Isaiah tell us, this is how you're going to know the Messiah. He's going to walk down the street and he's going to heal the lame. And he's going to heal the leper. And he's going to, he's going to heal the blind. And all these things are happening all around him. But what do they see? You healed that guy on the Sabbath day. That wasn't God's rule. God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What better way to honor the Sabbath than to heal on the Sabbath and set someone free from the limitations of their physical bondage? But no, they can't see. They can't see. So Jesus tells them, yet you have not known him, but I know him. 
And if I say I do not know him, well, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. But you got to chew on that for a minute. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Well, they're going to respond to that, aren't they? And the Jew said, you are not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? You're not yet 50 years old. When did Abraham see Jesus? You know, if we do a study of Abraham's life, you're actually going to find several times when Abraham comes face to face with the character in the scriptures known as the angel of Jehovah, the angel of the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, a, a theophany, an appearance of Jesus Christ prior to his incarnation. Physical appearance. He appeared to Abraham. He appeared to Jacob as a man and wrestled with Jacob. He appeared uh, to Joshua on the eve of the, of the battle of Jericho as a dressed in, in warrior garb. And Joshua saw him as a captain of the Lord's army. All of these are appearances of Christ. So Abraham, remember when God came to Abraham on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you remember? Abraham sees three guys that are traveling across the distance and he runs out and he brings them into his house and he, and he feeds them and he's taking care of them. And the Lord says to the two angels, shouldn't we tell Abraham what we're about to do? And so they begin to tell Abraham. That's when Abraham says, well, Lord, if there are 50 righteous, will you still destroy the city? 40, 30, 10? If there's 10 righteous, will you still destroy it? And the Lord says, no, if there's 10 righteous, I won't destroy the city. Well, who was he talking to? The Bible says no man has, can see God and live. So what is, who is the God that men see? The Bible tells us that in John chapter 1. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, Jesus Christ, He reveals God to us. He is God in the flesh. Almighty God, the everlasting father jesus christ is and so perhaps he's talking about that maybe he's talking about genesis chapter 14 when abraham's coming back from the conquest of the five kings and he comes coming on his way back he runs into a character that you're not going to read about again until psalm 110 and then you don't read about him again until hebrews his name melchizedek or at least that's the way we say it it's a lot harder to say it in the original. Melchedek is his name in the original. It's hard to do that and not spit, so you have to be careful. <laughs> and when Melchizedek comes back and greets him after the conquest, after he set Lot free, when Lot was taken by this conglomeration of five kings, he, he meets Melchizedek. What's Melchizedek mean? King of righteousness. Where was he the king of? He was the king of Salem. What does that mean? The king of peace. Who is the king of righteousness and the king of peace? Maybe some people believe Melchizedek is a theophany, an appearance of Christ to, to Abraham. And Abraham gave unto him what? A tenth of all, a tithe of all that he had. And what did he, what did he eat with him? Bread, broken bread, and wine. 
the implements of communion. It's an interesting story. In Psalm 110, it tells us that the Messiah is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And it goes on to tell us in Hebrews, who without beginning of days or end of days is made like unto the Son of God forever. Well, maybe that's what he's talking about. Whatever he's talking about, he said, Abraham saw me and he's glad. If you were his kids, you'd be glad. What do they say? How have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to I say to you, before Abraham was, ego I me. Before Abraham was, I am eternal God. That's what he's saying. They don't miss it. Before Abraham was, I am eternal God. He declares himself as the ego I me, the great I am. From Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when Moses said to God, God, what's your name? And God said what? I am. Tell them, I am has sent you to them. And what does Jesus say? Before Abraham was, I am. The strongest declaration of the divinity of Jesus Christ, as far as I'm concerned, in the scriptures right there. It takes, quite honestly, a Jehovah Witness to mess it up. (laughs) If it's possible to not mean that in a bad way, I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but look what I'm saying. Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to stone him. Why? Because he, being a man, made himself to be God. They knew what he was saying. 2,000 years later, you know, you get together with the, the, the what do they call those people? The, the Jesus, Jesus, what is it? Somebody help me out. Anyway, Jesus, what was it? <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Anyway, you get a group of people, they try to argue about what Jesus said, what Jesus didn't say. 2,000 years later. But the people who were there, they knew what he said. They picked up stones to stone him. And, what's it say? And Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. But listen, I want you to look at 9, verse 1. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Same exact moment. Jesus just finished talking to the Pharisees. He declared himself to be Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the Great I Am. He declared himself. They pick up stones to stone him, and he walks right through the middle of them. And as he's walking through them, he sees a man born blind. This is why these chapters go together. I want you to see it. The Pharisees, Jesus had just declared to them earlier in chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Did they want the light? No, they're rejecting it. They're ready to stone the light. Now he's going to come to a man born blind who's never seen light. And he's going to reveal himself to him. To the Pharisees, they were all in the temple. They were there. They had arrived. You know, everybody liked them. They're the popular guys. The guy outside in the dirt that nobody wanted to talk to. That's the guy Jesus goes to. He's been arguing for almost the whole chapter with these self-righteous, religious people. But he's going to go out here and he's going to talk to this man in need. 
And he's going to show, prove that he is I am. He is the becoming one and he will become everything that man needs him to be. That's why those chapters go together. So they're picking up stones. You've got to see it. They're picking up stones. Jesus, he just passes through them. I don't know what happened. They couldn't see him. They lost him. They were blinded by rage. It wasn't his time, right? It wasn't his time. He passes right through the midst of them, comes down the southern steps. The pool of Siloam is out in front of him, out in the distance. He comes down the southern steps, and he sees there outside the temple a man born blind. And his disciples who are with him ask the same question that we ask, don't they? His disciples ask him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Don't we do that? Don't we look at circumstances in life and think, well, that's that way because you did something wrong. You sinned. Or, or I, I can't stand it when people say, uh, you weren't healed because you, you have a lack of faith. What's that got to do with it? The sovereign God? The one who will have mercy on whom he will have mercy and compassion on whom he will have compassion? He can only heal if I have faith? Jesus healed people who didn't have any faith. Tell me how Jairus' daughter had faith. She was at home dead. What about Lazarus? He had faith? He was in the grave four days. By whose faith did he raise those people? His. As Almighty God. What about the father who came to Jesus and said, I brought my, my child to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. So I'm bringing him to you. And, and Jesus said, okay, well, I'll heal your son. I can heal your son. But you have to have faith. What did the, what did the father say? He said, you have to believe. And the father said, Lord, I believe. What? Help my unbelief. Did God heal? Yes. It's not about God condemning. Romans 8, 1 tells us, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, the burden, the penalty for sin was paid at the cross by Jesus Christ. God poured out all of it upon him. No man living or dead has to bear his own burden for sin anymore. He can choose to. He doesn't have to. So this man, born blind, and the disciples look at him and say, well, he sinned or his parents sinned. You see, the rabbis taught that you could sin in the womb, and if you did, you were born autistic or with no legs and arms. Because surely a loving God wouldn't allow that to happen. What could be the purpose? Listen, folks, the most important thing we can ever learn is this. You don't have to know the purpose. You have to trust Jesus Christ. I don't need to know why. I know who. Jesus would say through the prophet. The Father would lay out, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Is that true or false? It's in the Word of God. It must be true. So if my eyes tell me that that's not true, which is lying? In my eyes, it's not the Word. It's never the Word. 
It's never the word. We don't have to know why. We just trust. Isn't that what Jesus said? Believe. Believe. Trust me. So Jesus responds, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Okay. We'll probably move quick. Maybe not. But this is important for you to, 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 to kind of grasp. Important to concept to hold on to. In the psalm, the psalmist said, It is I am who opens the eyes of the blind. The psalmist said, It is I am, capital L-O-R-D, only the Lord, only I am, opens the eyes of the blind. Jesus said this man was born in this state. Maybe he'd been blind for 30 years. Maybe he's 30 years old. The whole time Jesus had been alive, waiting for this moment. Have you ever heard of Fanny Crosby? Fanny Crosby, I guarantee you probably are familiar with some of her work. Um, you ever heard the song, Give Me Jesus? Fanny Crosby wrote that and 7,999 other hymns that the church still sings today. She was blind. She was asked about her blindness, if she ever questioned God or why you were blind. She said, the only thing I question is that, that God didn't make me blind from birth. Oh, yeah, it must be hard for you to to have become blind. She goes, no, that's not it. If God made me blind from birth, the very first face I would ever see would be His. It's all our perspective, isn't it? It's all about perspective. Jesus said He's blind so that the works of God could be revealed in Him. I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, again he repeats, I am the light of the world. To a blind man, he becomes the light. And when he had said these things, he spit on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, now go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went, he washed, and he came back, what? Seeing. He went, he washed, and he came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who had previously seen that he was blind said, Isn't this the one who sat and begged, sat right there on the, on the southern steps as Jesus is escaping those who want to stone him? He reaches down, he's not too busy to reach down and heal a man born blind. That's the God I serve. That's the example I want to try to be like. That's the one to whom I want to present myself to obey. Others said, no, he's just like him. But he said unto them, I'm he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? And he said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And so I went and I washed and I received sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. Had he ever seen Jesus yet? 
Jesus could have been standing next to him. He wouldn't know. He heard his voice. Remember the example Jesus said? If you love God, you would recognize his word. Hmm. Well, keep that in mind. And they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. So they brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. These are the guys who five minutes later were getting ready to stone Jesus. Here they come. They said, uh, and, they, and now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made clay and opened his eyes. And the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Are you kidding me? Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 and 2 said the Messiah would open the eyes of the blind. Never, ever, ever in the entire Bible was someone born blind ever healed. On this day, someone born blind is healed and you're going to complain that they didn't follow your rules. Not God's rules. God said make the Sabbath day what? Holy. What's holier about a day when the Son of God comes and touches a man born blind and makes him see? Nothing. They're teaching as the commandments of God, the traditions of men. And they're all worked up about it. So, he said, this one can't come from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others said, well, how can a man uh, who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, well, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. And he answered, well, he's a prophet. He's going to go from man, prophet, to Messiah. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? You see how confrontational they are? You said he was born blind? Man, them Pharisees walked by that guy for 30 years. Every day, the beggar would go to the southern steps of the temple. And they would walk by him every day. And never give a second thought. But he gets healed. He gets healed. And the gloves come off. Well, he goes on. His parents answered and said unto them, We know this is our son, and he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we don't know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He is of age, ask him, and he will speak for himself. He's 30 years old. Ask him what happened. But his parents said these things, verse 22, because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed that Jesus, that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Anathema, cast out. Cast out means the rest of their life they would be treated as a leper. No one would talk to you. No one would look at you. You'd be cast out of society. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So again, they called the blind man, the man who was blind, and they said to him, give God the glory. Now listen, when you read that, you go back to Joshua, you see the same phrase. That is a a figure of speech that they used to indicate you're lying, tell me the truth. Joshua did it. With Achan at Ai, at the sin of Ai. Give God the glory. What's he saying? Tell the truth. 
Tell the truth. That's what they're, that's what they're, just, they're not saying glorify God by what happened. That's not what they're saying. They're saying you tell the truth. Do solemnly swear to tell the truth. Give God the glory. We know this man's a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Can you get the idea of which group is blind? And which one can see? And which one is is seeking the truth? And which one is telling lies? Well, the story goes on. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? Now, how many times do you answer the same question before you get irritated? Apparently, this is how many times. So, they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered and said, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Oh, man. I love it because he don't even fully know Jesus and he's talking to the Pharisees like Jesus already. How much time you got to spend with him to be like him? He wasn't with them very long. But he's got those cats figured out, right? He's got them figured out. Well, check it out. So, they reviled him. They were loud and abusive and they said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. See, why do they got to drop a name? We're disciples of Moses. Really? Well, Moses said there would be a prophet like unto him that came. And when he came, Moses said, you must listen to him. And you guys just picked up stones and tried to throw them at him. I don't think that's Moses' disciple. Somebody else's disciple starts with a D, ends with an L. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. Oh, they're killing me. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing. Now, this is a blind man, never got any education, sat on the steps of the southern steps, begging his entire life, and he's going to give a great lesson to the Pharisees. This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Psalm 146.8 I am opens the eyes of the blind. Do they want to acknowledge that? Do they want to say, oh yeah, that's right. Psalm said that it's God that would open the eyes of the blind. We've been wrong all this time. Truly, Jesus is a Messiah. No, why won't they do that? Because it's not the truth? Does it have anything to do with truth? No, because they love the darkness. And they don't want to come into light. So, they respond. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Now, he's kind of used to being an outcast anyway, isn't he? I mean, nobody ever really noticed him when he was on the southern steps, did they? Until Jesus walked by him. Nobody ever noticed him then, so they cast him out of society. I mean, he's probably thinking, Well, this is what society is all about. Good, I was better off when I was back at the steps by myself. 
hang you guys, cast me out, whatever. And he gets cast out. But look at verse 35, super important. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Man, the light comes to him. Just like the light came to the Pharisees. The Pharisees rejected the light. Jesus comes to the man, born blind, cast outside. They don't, he doesn't know who he is. He's never seen him, right? Jesus said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. I am the Son of God. And he said, Lord, I believe and worshiped him. Right then. Worship. That, doesn't, that word doesn't mean gave obeisance. It doesn't mean gave, to give obeisance. It means to look toward, to kiss, to long, to worship. To bow down and prostrate oneself. He worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Listen, do you hear the attitude of Jesus talking to the lost man? And do you hear the attitude of Jesus talking to the self-righteous? You see the difference? One's lost, but willing. The other's lost, They think they're okay. Don't need you. Don't need God. Don't need Jesus. And listen, the Pharisees are still around. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and they said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remains. Your sin remains. Now, keep in mind... We're about to go into John chapter 10 into another long discourse. Same day. Same guys. The Gospel of John does not take Jesus' life over His three-year ministry. It focuses down into seven main events. Seven main discourses. In the midst of each of those seven discourses, you know what you're going to hear? An I am statement. Declaring who God is and what God's like. When we see two groups of people, people who said they were children of God but were really children of the devil. One man who was an outcast whom God went to and healed and and brought to him to the truth. Who came to a place where he could be saved and know God. To one, Jesus hides himself from them and walks through their midst. To the other, he reveals himself. Who's your father? Which children are you? Are you children of God? Who do the work of the father and present themselves to him to obey? Or are you presenting yourself to another? When the Pharisees were faced with that question, it just made them mad. But when the blind man was faced with that question, what did he do? He worshipped. 
he worshiped. Let's be worshipers. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you that we can come before you. Father, we thank you that we can study your word. We thank you that you are the truth, that you come to set us free. Father God, I know that there are some of us here this morning that are in bondage. Oh, we're not in bondage, maybe in any physical sense, but maybe we're in bondage to sin. Lord, you're the one who can set us free. Father, if we abide in you, we abide in your word, we are your disciples in the truth, we will know it, and he will set us free. Uh, that's what we want to experience, Lord, freedom in you, not bondage to this world. I thank you, God, that, that we can see, Lord, even as you dealt with the self-righteous religious people, God, that, that thought everything was good and everything's okay, I, I love, Father, that you show us that, that they're... They're just sideways, man, so sideways. But then when you come outside and you see this hurting person, Lord, you just stop and your whole attitude is soft. You touch them and you make them see. And while you make them see, you don't just leave them like that. You don't just heal them and turn them loose. No, Father, you present yourself to him as a son of God. It's just so incredible, Lord, to see. But you told us, Lord, that people will not reject you because of the truth. They will reject you because they love the dark. Father, I just pray, each of us in this place, as we've given our lives to you, Father, make us a burning bush. Make us a light reflecting your glory. Help us to dispel the darkness, to kick the darkness until it bleeds the light. Father, give us the desire to affect our community, Lord, to affect our world with the truth of Jesus Christ. But the way we do that, God, it's going to be by loving you. Because as we love you, it's, it's, it's more than just what head knowledge do I have. It's, it's do I really know Jesus? Do I really have him? Am I reflecting his care and concerns? Can I be like him? Lord, we want to be your disciples. And you tell us that that occurs when we abide in your word. Help us abide in your word, Lord. Give us the strength every day. Read our Bible and pray. Every day, seek your face. Every day, over and over again, reading the love letter from the one who would leave the throne of heaven to come walk on earth with us. Lord God, I just thank you and praise you for who you are. And I pray, Father God, that you would just pour out your spirit in such a mighty way this morning upon each of us, Lord God. That we can move forward and do your work. That we can move forward and glorify your name. We lift Calvary Chapel Buell to you. It's your church. Your body. Your hands. Your feet. We present them to you. As slaves of righteousness. And bond slaves of Jesus Christ. And we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.